Welcome to the Offensive Interference Podcast presented by FootballGamePlan.com. I'm your host, Gene Clemens. It's great to be back again. It's great to have football back again. The college football season begins this weekend in earnest. The NFL season begins in earnest next weekend. But before we get an opportunity to really start getting in and talking about football and the things that have to deal with football, we've got to deal with some issues. And one of those issues that I was thinking about was this idea of NFL players calling Jay-Z a sellout. And in, in fairness to NFL players, it's not just them. Many have gone to this idea that Jay-Z is a sellout. Hell, my own brother, my own brother believes that um, Jay-Z is essentially being puppeted as a way of, of, of quelling the minorities, a way of keeping the field hands in order, very similar to the way they used to bring in um, black slave ministers to preach to the slaves back in the days. And the idea that Jay-Z has been brought in to keep the waters calm, um, a, a patsy, a scapegoat, if you will, a look, we have him type of guy. And, and, and I have a problem with this. I don't know if anyone's been paying attention, but when has Jay-Z ever just followed the establishment status quo? This is a man who, instead of signing a deal where he didn't have ownership over his own brand, they started their own record label. They went into partnership with a record company. So when Rockefeller got with Def Jam, Rockefeller did that as part owners, as a as a partnership. They didn't do that as Jay-Z is signed to Def Jam or Jay-Z is signed to, you know, Arista Records or Columbia Records. Jay-Z was signed to Rockefeller, which he owned, and Rockefeller was in partnership with a major label. That is not how somebody who is just going to be a do-boy or a puppet behaves. That's not somebody who's quote-unquote thirsty for a check does. And, and it makes you... Why does Jay-Z have to be thirsty for a check when all I keep hearing is that he's a billionaire? Um, excuse me. Billionaires don't go broke, which means that billionaires don't have to reach for the money. That's not what a billionaire has to do. I believe that Jay-Z has earned a level of wait and see. Let's see what he does. Because if there's anything we know about Jay-Z is that he's never, he has never just gone the way of the business just gone the way of the establishment. Like I said, he started his own company. He was drinking, he, he was drinking 
crystal and selling crystal and realized, damn, wait a minute, we could be selling our own stuff. So he got his own liquors. He got his own spirits. He was wearing other people's clothes and said, wait a minute, we could wear our own clothes. So he got his own clothing company and they started wearing their own clothes. And then he flipped those businesses for tons and tons of money. It's the American way. He didn't sell anybody out to do that. He didn't throw anybody under the bus just to get a check. He, he gave people the quote unquote blueprint, not just the song, not just the album, but the actual, this is how you should conduct business as an artist to, to make sure that you become a business. His famous quote, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. That's legitimate. And you know who else is a business? Athlete. The athlete is a business. The football player is Football Player Incorporated. And yet they behave many times as if they are subservient workers. I'll tell you what I mean. If you really cared about Colin Kaepernick getting another job, players, if the players said, we believe it is absolutely wrong that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job in the NFL, it's really simple. Stop playing. Stop playing. Oh, you don't want to give our guy who deserves a job a job? Good luck finding replacements for all of us. Oh, of course they could bring in those replacement players. Of course they could. They're not stars. Of course they could bring in replacement players because you have a helmet on and nobody can see your face. But if you take the top 300 the, or the top 1,000 players away, the top 1,000 players away, and you said, okay, you make teams with the next 1,000 players, it's not going to be a very good product. It's not really hard to figure out. It's not going to be a very good product. The product's going to be awful. No one's going to watch that product. They're going to just watch college football. Now the NFL is going to be diminished because you can't bet that. See, the, the, the idea behind this power that football has is that football is attached to betting. But betting completely changes when now the players are not at the level that they were before. So now Vegas has lines up for teams to win certain amounts of games. Well, if all of the players, if all of the players decide that they're going to not play out of solidarity for their brother, Guess what? Vegas can't do. They can't set lines. Those lines are no longer null. They're null and void. Betting goes down. That's millions upon billions of dollars that they lose. Ratings go down because now fantasy football is a miss. How do you know which running back to take if you've never heard of any of the running backs and they don't have any stats to, to speak of? It's just Russian roulette now. So now fantasy goes down.
money goes down, viewership goes down. And once viewership goes down, that's when the money from the, from the companies, from the big companies, the network money, that's when it starts to dry up. So if the NFL players were so pro Kaepernick and Kaepernick needs a job, why haven't they just walked out yet? I'll tell you why. Because in the end, unlike Kaepernick, they care more about themselves than they do about others. They care more about themselves than they do about others. That's why they still allow the NFL to gut them with unguaranteed contracts. That's why they still let the NFL not insure them for a lifetime, even though they're playing a game they can, they can lose their life playing. That's why they allow the NFL to pay quarterbacks, majority of them are white, 30% or more of the salary cap, while the people who are getting destroyed are getting peanuts. That's why they go for it. That's why they, that's why they allow it because they're worried about themselves. They don't want their check to dry up. They don't want their money to end. They want to keep their lifestyle intact because they don't play the long game. They're playing the short game. Guess who's been playing a long game for years? Jay-Z has. So I'm not saying that he's going to do all of the great, all of the best things and he's, he's going to come in and change the NFL for the, greater, for the greater good. I'm saying we owe him the right to see. Because at the end of the day, the one thing I know about Jay-Z is that Jay-Z stands up for what he believes in. And he doesn't care who the other person on the other side is. When Jay-Z said that we're past kneeling, this is my interpretation. He wasn't saying that we should no longer kneel. He's saying kneeling is not enough. We can't stop at kneeling. Oh, and by the way, when did this debate ever become about Colin Kaepernick? What happened to kneeling to bring light to the fact that minorities are being persecuted and, and murdered in this country unfairly. Oh, that's right. So the job that they supposedly hired Jay-Z to do, they had already done, which was to take the, take the conversation away from what it really was about, what the protest really was about, and make it about something that it was never about. It was never about Colin Kaepernick having a job. It was about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee for a cause bigger than himself. You can blame Jay-Z if you want to, but Jay-Z can't fix the NFL. And if you think that Jay-Z is there to do all of the things that the players refuse to do for themselves, you played yourself. Shout out to Ebro in the morning for that one. Andrew Luck surprisingly retired this weekend. I don't know if you heard about it. Maybe you have if you like football. And while I was certainly taken 
aback by the fact that he decided he was going to give it up pre-30 with millions of dollars out there to be had as a quarterback. I wasn't like saddened. I didn't feel bad for him. I wasn't like in mourning. Many of you were though. Many people were really, really caping for Andrew Luck. Oh my gosh. Andrew Luck was a savant who never got to live up to his full potential because he never had, he never, they never gave him the proper protection. They never gave him the proper protection. You never hear that said about Cam Newton. Cam Newton has never had the offensive line that Andrew Luck had. Like, let's remember all of the first round picks that have been in front of Andrew Luck. So even if the front office missed, doesn't mean they weren't trying. Because a lot of teams in the NFL miss on linemen. Doesn't mean they're not trying. This idea that somehow they screwed up Andrew Luck. Hmm. Nobody told Andrew Luck to hold the ball as long as he held the ball. No one told Andrew Luck to run when he ran. No one told Andrew Luck that he had to make the big play all the time. Those are Andrew Luck's decisions. Those are things that Andrew Luck did. And because Andrew Luck did those things, he has to take responsibility for his physical, um, for where he is physically, the same way that every other football player has to take responsibility for themselves. So Andrew Luck decided, I don't wanna play anymore. I'm gonna take my ball and I'm going home. And I applaud him for that. I applaud him for saying, you know what? I got a bag. They're gonna give me this money without having to play. They're gonna give me 20, they're gonna just let me have this 20 something million dollars to, to as a golden parachute to go off into my next career with. He has made almost a hundred million dollars in six years of service. His pension that he'll collect is a pension off of six years of service while putting in that amount of money. First, first round quarter, number one pick quarterback money, re-up top five quarterback in the league money. He is set. If he can't make that $100 million turn into 200, 300, that is criminal, especially because he has a Stanford education and that he's a pretty bright, you know, um, intelligent young man to start with. He has an opportunity to have a complete second career as whatever he wants. He could fund it himself. He doesn't have to worry about money. He doesn't have to worry about doing anything except for being the best version of him that he can possibly be. That is awful. That is awesome. But you people, 
that are out there talking about this guy as a Hall of Famer, you have lost your mind. Not only is Andrew Luck not a Hall of Famer, he's not the best quarterback in the era. He was never the best quarterback in the league. There is not one season that you can point to for Andrew Luck where he was unequivocally better than any other quarterback in the league. He's not even the best quarterback in his draft class. That, my friends, is Russell Wilson. And it's not close. Um, I think it was Brent Lagasse that said that, you know, well, you know, Andrew, he said Andrew Luck never had the defense that um, Cam Newton had when Cam Newton went and took his team to the Super Bowl. And I, I, I got to thinking about that, and I was like, okay, if you want to compare years, he never had the defense. And then I stopped and went, wait a minute. He had that level of defense last year. I heard various other people say, well, he never had the offensive line to be um, a Super Bowl caliber um, team. And for the most part, people might agree, and I still contend they had a lot of first-round picks. Um, stop holding the ball, Andrew. But then I stopped and I went, wait a minute. They had that level of offensive line last year. They had one of the best offensive lines last year. Oh, well, I hear people, Andrew Luck never had a consistent running game. Guess what he had last year? A consistent running game. Andrew Luck's never had weapons. Well, that's a lie. But, you know, let's play that game. Guess what he had this year? Weapons. Had a number one receiver. Had a number one tight end. Had a number two tight end. Had a back that, that could catch it out the backfield. All of the elements that a championship caliber team is supposed to possess. And what did he do in the playoffs? 50 some odd percent completion percentage, turnovers, more turnovers than touchdowns. That's what he does. So this year, the year where he had every single thing that People say you have to have in order to be successful as a quarterback. He had this past year, 2018, 2019. Yet he failed to make it to the AFC championship, let alone to a Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Luck's just not that guy. Andrew Luck was a good quarterback who put up a lot of great stats in offenses where he got them down and he had to throw them back into the game. And credit to him, he threw them back into a lot of games. But many times he was the cause of them being down. So if you're the cause of your team to be down, shouldn't you be the solution? I think about Andrew Luck and I think about this. If I was to change his name 
if I was to change his name to Andrew Johnson and I was to darken his hue a little bit, how is he different than any other talented, bit-bodied African-American quarterback? How is he any different than Jameis Winston? Lots of turnovers, good amounts of touchdowns, a, a gang of yards. He just happens to play in one of the worst divisions in football, the AFC South. And Winston happens to play in one of the best divisions in football, the NFC South. So, while I salute Andrew Luck, and I wish him well, I, I don't have to really wish him well. He's gonna do great. He's intelligent. He's got a family now, and he's got a boatload of money that he got for free. Cause he didn't earn them last 20 something million. You can say whatever you want about, oh, well, you know, he, he his body, whatever. No, 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 no. He was gifted 20 something million dollars that he never earned. So I don't get into the whole he quit because at the end of the day, I think Bomani Jones says it, who doesn't want to quit their job at some point? Like who doesn't want the opportunity to, you know, to go and, you know, live a life where they don't have to be beholden to an alarm clock or to a boss. So that's great. But you people out there talking about Andrew Luck is this and Andrew Luck is that and Andrew Luck is a Hall of Famer, stop it. Andrew Luck is never gonna be a Hall of Famer because Andrew Luck was never famous. Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck was a guy who didn't even like the spotlight. It's called the Hall of Fame. The only fame that Andrew Luck had was what you, what you wanted him to be. Andrew Luck never wanted that for himself. I tend to fall on the side of Andrew Luck never really loving football not the way in which Tom Brady loves football, not in the way that Steve Young loves football, not in the way that Warren Moon loved football, not in the way of many of his contemporaries love football, not like Cam Newton loves football, but he was really good at it. He's just not a Hall of Famer. You can miss me with that. Finally, so I, I've, I've heard now for a, a many years that the running back is devalued in the NFL. Yeah, the running back's devalued. You don't need a, you don't need a big time running back because their value is just not high. Hmm, it's interesting. Interesting thought. So if all of the people who talk about value of the running back is the same people who have come about now in the fantasy football craze because everything needs to be statistically quantified. 
if the running back is so devalued, why in the hell are they taking running backs all the time in fantasy? Why are the top picks in fantasy consistently running backs? Why are they always running backs? Why are people not taking quarterbacks number one overall? Why are people not taking wide receivers number one overall? If the running back is devalued, if the running back is no longer valuable to the game, why the hell do they score so many points? Oh, let me guess. Because on any given day, a running back could duplicate the, the offensive output of a wide receiver. But a wide receiver will never duplicate the offensive output of a running back. Because they don't tote the rock like that. The only one that might get close is Tariq Hill if they run him on a couple jet sweeps where he gets an opportunity to go for big yards in the run game. Other than that, nah. Yeah, they throw the ball a lot nowadays, but you know what they still do? They still run that bit. And when they run that bit and they throw it, guess who they throw it to a lot? The running back. Because everybody's covering the wide receivers. And the guy covering the running back is usually a guy that shouldn't be covering a receiver. But since these running backs are light receivers now, <clears throat> Le'Veon Bell, since these running backs are light receivers now, <clears throat> Kareem Hunt, <clears throat> Zeke Elliott, Rashad Penny, Tariq Cohen, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller. I mean, the list goes on and on of talented backs. So this whole idea that the running back position is devalued, I'm, I'm going, what the, what the hell are we talking about? If, if they're devalued, it's because you've made it a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you go, hey, I am not paying a dollar for an avocado. I'm only going to pay 50 cents for an avocado. And therefore, because you won't pay a dollar, you'll only pay 50 cents. Other people start not paying a dollar. They're only paying 50 cents. All you need is for one grocery store to agree to lower the price to 50 cents for you to have success. But you don't sit back and go, oh, well, you know, avocados are just not as good as they used to be because they're not a dollar anymore. No, you made them, you devalued the avocado because you wanted to get that yummy avocado goodness without paying all the price. And that's what's happened to the running back. It's not that a running back isn't worthy of a first round pick. Name me the bust first round pick at running back in the past few years. Was Saquon Barkley a bust? Ezekiel Elliott, is he a bust? Sony Michelle, is he a bust in New England? 
Like, if you name the running backs that are going in the first round, they're still talented. The difference is, is that running backs that used to go in the first round, that are going in the second and third round now, because the running back position has been quote-unquote devalued, those guys are still first-round caliber backs. Teams are just refusing to pay dollar avocado money for them. They'd rather pay 50 cents. And because they're willing to be sold at 50, at 50 cents, you're getting great backs in the second and third rounds. You're getting talented backs in the fourth and fifth round because now those guys have been pushed back. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I tell you that, 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 that the, the house is going to explode and you start doing things based off of what I've told you, you essentially make the future happen. And because we started listening to people who got lucky with draft picks, people who said, oh, well, you know, yeah, we, 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 took, we, we knew that Alvin Kamara was going to be a really good NFL player. So we just, you know, we didn't see the value in the first. Get the hell out of here. The same team that drafted Alvin Kamara in the later rounds is the same team that drafted um, Ingram in the first round. And guess what? Both of them have been great. That's the same team that drafted Reggie Bush. And guess what Reggie Bush was? He was great. So don't give me this whole running back is devalued when I look up at fantasy and the top 10 people or the top five, you know, players in fantasy are all running backs or the top 30 out of the, or 30 out of the top 100 players are running backs, 40, whatever it might be. You have, just because you have a lot of good running backs doesn't mean that you don't have a lot, that you don't have great running backs. For as good as David Johnson is, David Johnson is not Saquon Barkley. He's not going to give you Saquon Barkley as production unless you force feed him the ball like they did in Arizona, which resulted in the man getting injured the next year because high volume usage of backs isn't always the best way. James Conner, while he's a good back, he's not Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was putting up numbers that James Conner put up in less games. We need to stop thinking about this game as if it's a video game and start understanding these are real people out there and we're not all bred the same. It would be like me saying, well, you know, CEOs of companies, those people are, you know, they're devalued because anybody can run a company. 
Anybody, any guy with a degree can run a company. Any guy with a business degree can run a company. So why are we paying these, you know, these, these guys so much money? We're gonna, we're gonna devalue them. It makes no sense. Of course there's better CEOs than others. Some people are just natural leaders. Some people are just better at, at leading that company. And there are just some people who are better at playing football from the running back position than others. And we should not devalue them because of some ideal that we want to save money. If you want to devalue anyone, devalue an offensive lineman. I've said it for years. Go look at the teams that play in the Super Bowl. They normally don't have first round draft picks at offensive line from their team. They usually may have one or two from some other team or none in the Patriots case many times where they don't have any guys who are first round picks on their offensive line, let alone first round picks from their team. They may have one this year because um, they get win back from, from Georgia who they took in the first round last year. But historically, they don't have a ton of guys that they drafted in the offensive line in the first round. And usually when they do, they flip them. They flip them, they get players and draft picks, and then those guys go on to be bust somewhere else because it's really more about the system for them than it is about the offensive lineman. You could say it's about a system for a running back, but at the end of the day, a good running back performs in every system. You could put Saquon Barkley on all 32 teams and he'll do fantastic. You know why? Because he just killed the league on one of the worst offenses ever in the history of the NFL. Seems very simple to me. I think you guys need to get your priorities straight. Thank you again for joining us on the Offensive Interference Podcast. We do this every week or every other week. Offensive Interference Podcast is presented by footballgameplan.com. My name is Gene Clemens. You should um, rate us, subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network. Rate us. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram and every other social media platforms, YouTube, at Gene Clemens. And until next time, y'all keep your head low. Make sure y'all watch those games this weekend. Peace.